Well, it's hard to believe that this is already the last Sunday of Advent, the final Sunday, and therefore the last sermon this year on Advent uh, conspiracy. It was back in 2006 that five pastors gave birth to Advent conspiracy, and they decided that they wanted to make Christmas a revolutionary event by encouraging their faith communities to worship fully, to spend less, to give more, and then last of all, to love all, to follow those four tenets. And so we are already at the last one of these, of loving all. And the response to what they were doing was so overwhelming as they had promulgated promulgated this in the United States. It not only stayed here in this country, but has now spread throughout the world as to how to celebrate Christmas and allow Christmas to transform the world. Let us pray. Lord God, we pray that you would teach us, that you would speak to us as we look into your word, as we share together. We pray that your Holy Spirit would continue to bless our time as we share in this way. Through Christ we pray. Amen. So the passage that we want to look at this morning, as you see on the screen, is from 1 John 3, verses 11 to 18. For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, Let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. John, the writer of these letters to the churches under his care, traces the authority for what he's teaching. John says it is from the beginning. In other words, it is from the source, from Jesus Christ that Jesus taught. This was not a new message but it was one that they had heard from the lips of Jesus. And this message that he is referring to is the message that love must be more than speaking. Love must be put in action. 
And love is the basis of fellowship in the body of Christ. And you may want to look in your bulletin on the page that says message notes. You may want to fill in the blanks there if you desire to do that or just jot down some notes that as we're going along. But that is uh, a one way that some people have a way to understand and to remember and recall the message uh, longer in that way. So love is the basis for the fellowship as we learn to live and love like Jesus. The basis for fellowship is the, the, the body of Christ loves one another. And the word fellowship, sometimes we use the Greek word koinonia because there is no one word in the English language. There's no word that captures the total meaning of the word koinonia. Then John also gives them a negative example. He says, you have heard this from the beginning, but also you need to love one another and to not be like Cain. He reminds the hearers in 1 John 3.12, we must not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and killed his brother. And why did he kill him? Because Cain had been doing what was evil and his brother had been doing what was righteous. And that reference to Cain is found only here in this book of 1 John. Cain killed Abel because the Lord preferred Abel's offering. And as John explains to his readers, he says that Cain was of the evil one, and he was able to murder his brother because he belonged to Satan, the evil one, who Jesus called a murderer. Jesus referred to Satan, or the devil, as a murderer. John 8, 44, Jesus says, For you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things he does. And then Jesus says, he was a murderer from the beginning. So we see that hatred belongs to darkness and to death, while love belongs to life and to light. We see the contrast there of darkness and death where hatred is and love belongs to life and to in the light. D. Moody Smith, one of the commentators that I referred to in preparing this, this message, says, for hatred is not only death-dealing, but belongs to that realm of darkness which death and sin also inhabit. Now, many of us find it easy to love those who are like us, those who are in the same culture, or to love persons who are in the same generation, or the same background, similar growing up experiences. We find it easy to love persons who are like us. But to, to grow and to mature in our relationships with one another and to mature in Christ, we need to be pushed to relate to others who are dissimilar from us, who are different from us, 
And therefore, I invite us to reflect, for each of us, to reflect who may God be calling us to relate to that will push us beyond our comfort zone, that will invite us to grow into the likeness of Christ. Who is different from us, from a person who is from another culture? John says in verse 15, anyone who hates another brother or sister, he says, as he continues to drive the point home, is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. Elliot Hannon reports in Slate Magazine, after decades of decline, the murder rate in a number of major cities here in the U.S. has risen significantly just in 2015. The New York Times found, quote, in Milwaukee, 104 people have been killed this year after 86 homicides in all of 2014. In Baltimore, homicides has hit 215, up from 138 at the same point in 2014. In Washington, the city of Washington, D.C., the toll was 105, compared with 73 people a year ago. Now, what those numbers add up to over approximately the same year compared to 2014 is that the murder rate for St. Louis and Baltimore are both up more than, can you guess a percentage, more than 50%. Murders in Washington, D.C. are up more than 44%, and Chicago has seen a 20% rise. End of quote. Now, you might be protesting, and you might be saying in your mind, but I am not a murderer. I simply don't love some people the way I should. I don't love the people that God is calling me to love. But the writer John says that if we hate, if we hate a brother or sister, John says, we are really a murderer at heart. We are no different than those who take a gun and destroy the life, take the life of another individual. D. Moody Smith says, the opposite of love for one's brother is hatred leading to murder, end of quote. So I believe that John is saying there's no middle road, that you either love your brother or your sister, you love another, or you, you do not, and there's hatred that leads to murder. So as we follow the command of Christ, as we follow this command that John says we have heard from the beginning, we have heard from Jesus, as we follow that command, we are called to treat everyone, everyone, because everyone has been created in the image of God, and to treat everyone with respect and dignity. Particularly at this season of the year, when it seems persons are in a frenzy to do what they need to do, and so if they aren't, if, they, if they're in a hurry and you're too slow in driving or you just um, you get the, the horn blown and persons are very, very impatient. But we need to treat everyone 
with respect, no matter their race, their gender, their ethnicity, their religion, or their social status. All persons are created in the image of God, and therefore we need to love all persons. None are, no one is to be dehumanized as our enemy, but instead we create, we treat all persons as persons who are created in the likeness of God. Now, in our international relationships, we tend to overlook the power of love and forgiveness. Instead, we resort and we plan on how to respond in violence and retaliate in violence to what is done toward us as a nation. How soon do we forget that hatred, how soon do we forget that violence only begets more violence? It only stimulates more violence. Again, quoting D. Moody Smith, we too easily take the language about murder in this passage to be symbolic or metaphorical when it is actually a quite accurate description on what we see going on around us. Want of love leads to hate, which expresses itself in murder. Murder is avenged by murder, and the cycle goes on. So you may be asking, well, how do we know, or how do I know what real love is? How do I know if I'm loving a brother or sister? John says in 1 John 3, 16, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. Jesus came to earth as an ordinary human being. He was made in every way like you and me, except that he did no sin. Hebrews 4.15 refers to this and says, This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So Christ that came took on the human nature, took on us in what we call the incarnation. He took on humanity, yet he did not sin. Philippians 2.8, he humbled himself in obedience to God and he died a criminal's death on the cross. So the result of that obedience with death, Jesus gave himself completely to do the will of God, his Father. There was a death. It was not just an ordinary death. It was a death on the cross, the death that was reserved for common criminals. And, of course, as you know, Jesus was crucified between two criminals. Jesus loved us so much that he willingly gave his life on the cross to do the will of the Father. So John says, how do you know that you love someone? Well, you need to be willing to give your life for the other person. It was in the days before the blood banks that a little girl was dying. And the only thing that could save this little girl was a blood transfusion. 
and her 13-year-old brother had the correct kind of blood, the type of blood that um, she needed, and he volunteered to donate his blood. And as he lay there beside his sister's bed, they put a needle in his arm, and after a few minutes, he asked the doctor, and he said, well, when am I going to die? He thought that as he volunteered to give the blood for his sister, he thought that he needed to sacrifice his life, and indeed, he was prepared to do that for his sister. In these days of increasing gun violence, some of us may have the opportunity to die because we love another. Ryan Grenoble reported on the incident that took place, I believe this was one that was, took place a couple years ago, the theater shooting in Aurora, Colorado. And as the stories from that darkened chaos, he reports, begin to emerge, three among many share similar heroic stories. They all died shielding their girlfriends from bullets. John Blunk had served in the Navy and was planning to reenlist. And on that Friday, the 26-year-old took his girlfriend, Jansen Young, to see the dark night when the assault began. Young says he saved her life. John just took a bullet for me, Young said in an interview on the Today Show. He knew and he threw me on the ground and was like, we've got to get down and stay down. Young says that our boyfriend was a constant presence pushing her further under the seats and out of the line of fire. And he took the fire, and he died at the scene while protecting his girlfriend. And she didn't know that he was gone as she tried to arouse him and say, it's time to, it's time to leave. Reached for comment by the New York Daily News, Young's mother described John as, quote, loving the kind of guy you want your daughter to be with, end of quote. Now, the writer here in this passage says and pleads with them that his hearers need to put love into action, that love is not just by what we say or a bunch of mushy words when the feelings are right. Love means putting things into action and demonstrating how we love that individual. John says in verse 18, Dear children, let us not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. That's what I really enjoy, and I feel some sadness. What I really enjoy about this Advent conspiracy, we have the opportunity to show our love, to show our love for the community. by giving gifts cards for the benevolence ministry. We have the invitation, the opportunity to give coats that will go to the local school district. And as you know, we're assisting in drilling a well over the country of India, and we've raised exactly $3,022 thus far, plus 
what has come in today. So I'm a little bit sad that all of this is this ending. This has been such a good opportunity to show and to demonstrate our love. James, the brother of Jesus, writes in his epistle in verses 14 to 17 of chapter 2. He also stresses the point that living faith is love that must be expressed in action. And he says, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well but then you don't give that person any food or clothing, what good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. The authors, the three authors of the book Advent Conspiracy, tell about the time that, the, the time that Advent Conspiracy was taking shape as they were getting this, this started. And they wanted to express their love. And so they traveled to, to South Africa with representatives from Living Water, the same organization that we are partnering with in this well in India. And when they arrived in South Africa, they reported, quote, we stopped at a village that, like many others, they welcomed us with beautiful smiles and open arms. We were led through tall grasses away from the village to what they referred to as, quote, their well. If it was a well, it was not like any that we had ever seen. It was next to a swamp that leached untold disease into the water from which their families drew water every day. This stagnant gray-green pool infested with insects was all that these people had. And even as we talked with the elders, the women would casually brush away the film that clung to the top of the water as they filled their water pots. Now those pastors knew that in a couple of weeks they would be taking offerings as part of the Advent Conspiracy and they'd be able to fund the project to drill a new well. And so they shared this message of hope with great passion by a translator from the area who was as excited, they report, as we were. And the weathered face of the honorable elder remained impassive. He simply stared at us. And when the translator asked the elder if he understood what this would mean for his people, he gave this unforgettable answer. He said, others have made promises in the name of this Jesus, but they were never kept, end quote. This chief had no hope. He was promised money for a new well before, but it was not carried out. He needed to see the deeds of the new well, not simply promises, and then, as a result of the money from churches in the U.S., as those pastors went back home, the creators of Advent Conspiracy, and received offerings for this new well, then he 
is given hope because fresh water was pouring out of the well that was dug. In Jesus' farewell address to his disciples, he gave them a new commandment, and that new commandment was to love one another. John 13, 34, Just as I have loved you, Jesus said, you should love each other. So, this Christmas season, this time of the year, Will we love one another? Love not only by giving of our gifts to our family and to our friends, but will we express our love by giving to the needy? Will we express our love by giving of our time and energy, by giving, homeless, by giving gift cards to those who are homeless, are in need of assistance? Will we assist our project by giving money to drill a well in the country of India so that people have clean water free from insects which bear disease? How will you respond? How will each of us respond as we worship and honor Jesus by loving all? We'll now have, uh, as soon as the children are ready, have a special children's pageant. <laughs> 